Welcome to the Shaky Experience. My name is James Richard Lane. Today, we'll be speaking volume with Reggie of Blunt Bangs. Blunt Bangs are an indie rock four-piece based in Athens, Georgia, founded in 2014. The group has released their debut album, Proper Smoker, on September 17th, 2021, which was followed with an East Coast tour. The band just finished their most recent tour across the country, performing notable sets at SXSW and Treefort Festival. The band features members of Black Kids, Woods, Deep State, The Cadets, and more. They've had lots of success with their previous projects, touring across the world, playing notorious music festivals, and being featured even on a late night television show. Let the bangs play. Without further ado, Reggie, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, James. How are you doing in 2022? Pretty good. It's been a pretty active year, even if it wasn't post-pandemic. A lot going on. Yeah, you seem healthy. So that's a good start, especially hopefully the pandemic coming to an end with COVID and everything. I'm I'm sure it's felt really nice to be able to tour and perform shows again. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, it was so bizarre. And I mean, we're still in the pandemic. I suppose. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but a, lo- a lot of times it was easy to forget. And yeah, yeah. it's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so you just released your debut album, Proper Smoker, about like six months ago, somewhere around there. Talk to me yeah. a little bit about what people can expect from it that may have never heard it before. Well, if you're familiar with my other band, Black Kids, it, it is similar in that it's still very melodic and a lot of hooks, but I don't know. It does feel, it's more, honestly, it's just really like homage to like 90s indie rock. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, um, I don't know if you're familiar with like UK li- label creation records. Okay. It's like, I don't know. It's kind of like a wonky creation records compilation. Wow. (laughs) That's quite the metaphor. Now I'm going to have to Mm -hmm. seriously look that up. Uh, I don't know. I mean, a lot of our influences come from not just that label, but around that time, like Teenage Fan Club is a huge and obvious one. Um, Ride and, you know, of course, groups, some American groups like Super Chunk. So it's, it's all that stuff. Love that. Yeah. I mean, even the intro track on the album, She's Gone, just comes in so hard oh my god (laughs) it is so fun like just the melodies it's it's got the hooks like you were saying and then just the banging guitar like you guys have such a crisp clean sound for so like garagey indie rock you know just your you coming together it sounds like you guys practice like a million times a day it just how well it sounds <laughs> thanks i don't know we don't practice that often but i do feel like we have been playing the same 10 songs for like eight years so that might be <laughs> <laughs> that might be that might be what you're hearing <laughs> speaking of which when did you start writing these songs i i guess eight years ago and what what did that kind of look like what was that timeline like for you i think i probably started the song well i think the oldest one is sick moves which i started around 2009 when black kids were still on tour i remember oh i wrote yeah i wrote it in a at the k west hotel in london 
And so, yeah, so that was the first thing that I did for Blunt Banks. And I just, I didn't know, I thought maybe it could be a weird Black Kid song, but it, or maybe a solo thing. And so, yeah, I decided on a solo thing. And so a lot of these songs were supposed to be a solo record for myself. And then it just kind of evolved into a group. There are definitely some differences between Sick Moves and one of the classic songs off a uh, party traumatic i mean you know it, it definitely has a different feel to it sure enough and sick moves is possibly oh man it might be my favorite track on the album possibly lyrically oh. it feels very vulnerable it, it's coming from kind of a vulnerable place and i i feel like the connection that you kind of draw in to the fans there really allows for a very imaginative vision if you will like especially towards the end of the song there's the part i can't quite make out what the course is but i feel that it allows for me as the listener to kind of create my own narrative of what's going on in that song which is something that i've really admired about it oh wow oh, thanks so much yeah I, it's rad that you say that because i feel like i was listening to a lot of guided by voices Okay. when I first when I was writing that song and I just a lot of Robert Pollard's lyrics are just so abstract but still really like evocative and that's just the kind of feeling I wanted to put out there sure I would say there's so many elements within your songs that really stand out but I would definitely praise the lyrics pretty high up there I mean y you seem to be very poetic in the way that you write and the way that you create songs and it, it also makes me wonder where you find the inspiration behind these lyrics and that also leads me to my next question too where did the name proper smoker come from and were there any other contenders for a possible title jeez <laughs> I think so. The other primary songwriter in our group, Christian, aka Smokey, <laughs> he, um, <laughs> he, I think at like, he's like at the age of 40, decided to start smoking cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we were just like, why? Why are you doing this? And, and he, thankfully, he quit. But, you know, for a minute, he was, he just thought it was funny to, if he started smoking. And then I think we were hanging around smoking cigarettes. And I said, oh, you're a proper smoker now. And that's, yeah, they seem to like the sound of that. <laughs> a good homage to somebody starting yet quitting smoking cigarettes. It's yeah. <laughs> it's silly that he thought that that was like a funny thing to do to start smoking. Maybe if it was candy cigarettes, I would find more. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I think he was going through like a midlife crisis sort of thing <laughs> fair yeah fair enough uh, reggie i was wondering you know we were touching a little bit about kind of the lyrics and the songwriting here where did you find yourself mentally physically and emotionally while writing a majority of these songs it sounds like sick moves it's been in, in the works for quite some time but was there a pair of songs that kind of you find in a similar time that you started writing and started putting the material together for yeah, so as I said before, like around, yeah, so I, Sick Moves, I wrote while Black Kids were on tour, and then we were home around 2010, and we were just going to be home indefinitely. And so I started writing these songs that weren't quite fitting the Black Kids vibe, and uh, so this would be in Jack in my hometown of Jacksonville, Florida. And so I, I feel like, yeah, a lot of those, of the proper smoker songs got their start 
around then in Florida, I would travel up here to Athens where my friend has, my friend Jesse Mangum has a, an excellent studio, The Glow. And so I, I was working on demos thinking that this would be my solo thing. And then, um, I don't know, I, I was getting sick of the tribe. So I moved up here and then that's when I met the, the others and we decided to turn a project into a group. And so, yeah, I feel like half of the ones on the that I wrote that are on the record started in Florida and the, the others were here in Athens. Interesting. And is there any narrative or theme that you find that's reoccurring, maybe like relationships or just maybe partying? Like, is, is there a certain story that you feel is often told throughout some of the songs? This is... <laughs> I'm not, I don't really have a broad, when it comes to like uh, topics, I'm, yeah, I'm very kind of just stuck in writing about crushes and relationships. Yeah. uh, (laughs) No (laughs) politics, no, no, um, I don't know, no existential ponderings for me. Usually just like who I have a crush on or who I didn't work (laughs) out with or (laughs) stuff like that. (laughs) Yeah. I've I've never outgrown this topic, so maybe that's why it's so relatable. Maybe that's why you connect so well with the fans. I think that that is a topic that we all can relate to at one point or another. I hope so. I hope it's not off-putting. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and one other thing, just touching lastly on the album before we dive a little bit into more of your history. One of my favorite things about this album is that you switch lead vocals on a couple of the songs with Smokey. Where did that idea come from? Because Reggie, I love your voice. I think that you have a great range but it was really surprising and really fun when I saw the single release of Silence is Golden. And I was like, wait, so Reggie's not on lead vocals for this? This is interesting. It really was a switch up there. Oh, I'm glad you like it. I think that's just, I've always loved when groups have more than one lead singer. And I think a lot of the bands that we admire are like that, like, um, I don't know, there's this Canadian band sloan yeah who like yeah all four members sing lead and i just fucking love that and of course teenage fan club they have three lead vocalists or did at least and so when i met Smokey, he's like as far as like singer songwriters go in athens he's like my guy like he's my favorite and um like i think he was reluctant to start singing in this group i think he just wanted to play like lead guitar and i was adamant that he contributes songs because he's just such an excellent songwriter and singer yeah for sure i think that it really speaks within the album certainly and the thing about the album too is it it feels like just about all the songs if not all of them are like hits it feels like you wrote songs that could easily be played on the radio or could be featured on, you know, a Spotify top playlist of some sort. How did you guys learn how to write such naturally good songs? Like, where did this come from? Is it just the (laughs) influence of the musicians you were listening to? Is your family have a background in music? Did you take like classes? Where did this come from? Honestly? Jeez, I mean, I'm just always looking for an earworm and I don't yeah and I 
have found that <laughs> like with both of the groups that I play in, so it's like they it seems like if I when we're in the in the in a room together and we're introducing new songs, like I don't know. It's just like it seems like the groups I'm in only respond to bops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, like if we try to do something like kind of heady or uh, just something that's not necessarily super catchy. I don't know. It just never seems to get off the, the ground. So yeah, in that, I don't know. I mean, that's good. You know, it kind of what you were saying, like Bop sort of, if it's not like super catchy, but it has enough of a hook, I feel like that's what kind of embodies the songs that I've heard from you so far, at least. Like I would say that listening to Proper Smoker, I mean, certainly as I mentioned, it does feel like they are songs that could be radio friendly or they could be possibly like Spotify playlists, whatever, what have you. But I wouldn't say that I would think that those songs were written by a ghostwriter. Definitely sure, yeah. admire that. Can we expect any B-sides, covers, collaborations, or other extended releases by either of your projects in the near future? Blunt things. We have a couple of covers floating around. We have been playing this Teenage Fan Club cover for years, uh, Everything Flows. I think we did like a lathe seven inch of that. So that's available. I think it's on Bandcamp as well. And um, last story we did, we worked out really good cover of NXS, Don't Change. And I think, yeah, Yeah. we'd like to record that as well. We don't have a lot of B-sides. I mean, I guess, I suppose we do have some things lying around that we could polish up. But yeah. (laughs) (laughs) yeah i never really have a lot left over i kind of put everything out there and i'm not very prolific so (laughs) i love that (laughs) i mean that's what i would prefer but um Mm -hmm. so let's dive into your history we kind of touched on it a little bit but there's so much more to explore your story in particular is so very interesting to me because i remember black kids very very well i worked at h&m when I was a teenager and they played that album on repeat all the time. And I, (laughs) I, you know, I have all the lyrics memorized and what have you. The debut album obviously had so much success with Vice and Pitchfork. You know, it's interesting. You were even featured in a couple of movies like Role Models and Jennifer's Body and then also performing Letterman as well. What made Mm. you decide to focus more time on this other project blunt bangs and kind of take a little bit of a step back from black kids. Huh. Well, it just became harder for black kids to work logistically because we just kind of just move <laughs> as far away from each other. Not by, <laughs> not by design, but it, it just worked out that way. Like um, Owen was in Brooklyn and Don was in Portland and I was in Georgia. So, and um I don't know. We just, I mean, we did. Yeah. So logistically, it's just hard for us to get together. And um, it all the songwriting is kind of on me and I'm not very prolific. So yeah, so I just have to be in a mood to write songs for black kids. And that's, yeah, I just kind of go where my whimsy takes me so gotcha okay yeah yeah Yeah, for sure i mean that's kind of a spread honestly brooklyn and Mm -hmm. portland and it's a little bit far away so i can kind of understand that did you expect the level of success the band had when you released the debut album and how did you ultimately feel about getting all that press and coverage and stuff you know what i just just had so much swagger when i was in my 20s and early 30s so everything 
I don't know. I just kind of naively thought, yes, of course, this is, this is what happens when you do this. And, (laughs) and so I was, I don't know. It seems weird to me that I wasn't shocked. I was just like, I just thought it was a matter of course, which is hilarious to me now, (laughs) but yeah, it, I, it was a lot. It was a lot of attention in a very short period of time. And I definitely would have preferred to have like spread that out. And I think really, I don't know. I think, yeah, we, instead of just like a lot of momentum, I would have preferred like a slow burn where we just had time and, you know, the freedom to just like, kind of like grow into ourselves. Yeah, for sure. It was a lot. Absolutely. I mean, I completely understand that. And that makes me wonder you having that feeling of it being a lot, maybe that was congruent with parts of the reasoning why it took about, I think, what, maybe nine years to release the the second album, The Rookie. Mm, yeah, I, I mean... We did try, I, I, you know, I do often joke and say that I'm lazy and not very prolific, but I was like looking at some old demos from around the time we got home from touring and we tried really, really hard to come up with a, a sophomore record. And I don't know, it's just a lot of the joy was just gone from <laughs> the project. Wow. And so, Yeah. And so like, you know, there's just nothing that really moved us or moved the record label or so we just, I don't know, we just kind of just like decided to hit the pause button. And that's fair. You know, I kind of want to give you a little bit of my take on that, if that's okay. Sure. So I was listening to an interview with Julian of The Strokes, I think a year or two ago, and he was mentioning how exhausting it is for people to want him to continue to play Is This It, like the album. And I think the metaphor that he used was it's like a sports player, like maybe an NFL team winning a championship again and just having to celebrate that championship every year for the rest of your life. (laughs) Sure. You know, and I can kind of understand that, but I guess on the other hand, it is challenging because there's such a dedicated fan base to the strokes. It seemed from what I could see, it seemed like there was a very dedicated fan base to black kids and all the songs that you wrote. So I don't know, uh, you know, I I don't know if there's responsibility there. It, It seems like a very, a very challenging understanding of like, what draws the line between joy, and I guess, giving the fans what they want, really. And I, I think that with the second album when you did release rookie i mean i was so excited i i would have took anything i would have took literally the worst (laughs) album ever um and (laughs) and it wasn't you know i think the track obligatory drugs was so random and so fun and so unexpected that it felt different it felt unique and looking back at sort of the more promotional photos that you were doing back then too um you had longer bigger bushier hair and you know, you, you did have more of a, like a very swagger to you. You look like just like a absolute star. And I, I mean, in a lot of ways, you still do, I, in my opinion, but it was definitely a different time. And I think seeing you now, it, it's uh, it's exciting to look at the evolution and see some of the changes. Do you feel that you still connect with some of those songs that you wrote in your earlier days? Huh. <laughs> oh, oh, it's my cat. Sorry. Oh, no, it's all good. <laughs> Love that. 
it's yeah i honestly don't think of them that much okay for sure for <laughs> those sure. Tunes, yeah. but i know i know that when whenever black kids gets back together for a show or a tour like we'll go over those songs and the rehearsal space and i i know from previous experience that it just kind of like takes you back to when you wrote the songs and sure. I don't, yeah. yeah yeah it's a rad it's a rad feeling some nostalgia there too and i'm sure yeah. <laughs> working with columbia must have been a little stressful too <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know it's like i think about yeah working with just major labels in general i've always wondered like how like my you know major label artist i admire do it and like and retain some sort of autonomy and I think it's really special when, I don't know, like a group like Radiohead just kind of just calls the sh- calls their own shots. And yeah, I don't know. I think, yeah, yeah. That we're all just trying to figure it out. Just like how, how is it that they, I don't know. Fine. <laughs> how, do they, sure. how, do you, how do you get that autonomy? Yeah. Absolutely. You know, speaking of Radiohead, I'm glad that you mentioned them. They're such a influential band and have done so many awesome things over the years. I was wondering in particular, was there ever a time within your music career, any time really, that you played for, you know, you opened up for a band or played a music festival or had some type of coverage and you thought to yourself, how did I get here? What did I do to deserve this? How did this happen? Is there ever a time you felt like opening up for a certain band or something along those lines made you feel that way? Oh, there must have. I don't know. It's just, we were just, we did everything during the album cycle for yeah. <laughs> Party Traumatic. Uh, we did so many festivals and so many late night shows. And we just found ourselves constant, constantly rubbing elbows with people we admired. And um, yeah, it's like, I just sound like an asshole if I'm just, you know, it's like, if I'm having a conversation about music, so many names will pop up where I've had an interaction with this person and it just sounds like I'm name dropping. And I just, it, I just, it's not a good look. Yeah. But yeah. That, that was constantly happening during that period. And the fact that we did the record with Bernard Butler, who was a hero of mine, just to like play guitar in front of like someone who's considered like the guitarist of their generation was so thrilling. So yeah, there, there's so many moments like that. <laughs> For sure. Absolutely. And, you know, in a lot of ways, I feel like I can comprehend where you're coming from within this radio station. I've had the pleasure of interviewing many, many of my favorite bands and you being one of them. And it's just, it's kind of crazy because I really enjoy music discovery. I really enjoy listening to music and sending songs to people that may have never heard these bands before. And um, there's always like a little silly piece of me that's just like, yeah, I remember when I interviewed this person, they're very nice or, you know, or what, whatever the case is. I, I don't know. It, it has a little bit of a humorous element to it. And I'm sure also during that time of the really big highs of being a part of the band, I'm sure one of the maybe more exciting moments possibly would be being able to quit your day job and really just do music full time. Did that occur for you? And was that a moment of happiness? I, I know earlier you mentioned some of your bandmates joke that you're a little lazy, but ultimately I don't really think anyone's truly lazy. I think that just people have different feelings and like to do different things. So I think that that's fine. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, we did reach a point where we could quit our day jobs. Like, just it wasn't possible to have another job with the the rigorous schedule we had set up. I don't know. I do think that it would have been, you know, as soon as we realized that a second record wasn't eminent and that we were just going to have to like chill for a bit, I think probably would have been, I guess I'll speak for myself, wise for me to just like find something else to do. Because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And I don't know, I, I feel like some people can just work on music all day but i i've yeah i've always had music has always been the escape from the mundane for me so yeah. like i don't know i wrote so many lyrics and songs in cubicles when i was meant to be working and um wow yeah just giving me just like all this time to be creative uh, kind of uh, you know sadly turned creativity into the job and um yeah i yeah i kind of need a foil i need to be i need like a, a foil that makes me a little miserable that drives <laughs> me towards the creativity <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> you were working in a cubicle prior to the band yeah maybe not right well maybe i didn't i had so many like call center jobs and <laughs> Yeah, that's so uh, I always had a call center job. And then I think leading up to the, the band's breakout, I think I was doing okay as like an indie dance night DJ. It was like just enough to like pay my rent yeah. and not not have a proper job. So Love yeah, that. yeah. Yeah. Dude, screw having a job, honestly. It's the worst. Yeah, <laughs> like it's terrible. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Do you have any other aspirations outside of music? Is there anything else that you want to accomplish or do within your life besides yeah, performing and stuff? Yeah, I <laughs> I'm really, I've gotten really into tennis. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. I just want to be like an old guy playing tennis and tr maybe travel a bit. Yeah. I don't know. I did go through a period where I wasn't sure if I was going to keep on with music, but I've been getting pretty hype on music lately. So I don't know. Yeah. So I feel like, I mean, what I've been doing is just so specific for the past 20 years. I think I've, there's just a lot, there's a lot of potential to break out into like some weirder stuff. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And looking at your guys' Instagram, it looks like you guys are having a really good time. Like you guys are just playing like living rooms and like just so DIY. It's like really sweet. And watching your like Instagram live videos or excuse me, your regular Instagram videos, pardon. It feels like you're having that kind of charismatic energy of just like living life. It's like the, the kind of the old saying, like, just remember that you will die live life to the fullest and it seems like you're doing exactly what the hell you want to do right now which is something that i don't know do, do you feel that way as well yeah i think as a group we, we do and like i mean we just like i don't know this is like probably like my three favorite people in athens and i know i've been pretty fortunate the bands i've played in have always just been like my favorite people and so that's just makes it so fulfilling to just be with people that you would hang out with anyway. And then you just have this purpose and you're going through things together and experiencing so many different places. And yeah, it's just so rad. 
That's cool. So these questions here, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you a word or a phrase, and you tell me the first thing that comes to mind when I say it. All right. Tour snack. (laughs) Why is this taking so long? (laughs) (laughs) Tour snack. Simple. It should be, gosh, trash. (laughs) All right, then. (laughs) Athens. Pollen. (laughs) <laughs> okay yeah yeah for sure music festival rather not okay all right <laughs> do you just not like music festivals i don't i like playing at them but i don't like attending <laughs> is that an introvert thing going on or uh you're just so i don't know i think i'm too prissy uh no, that's not a good word i'm just too <laughs> such a house cat it's just like it's usually yeah you're just hot or <laughs> i don't know there's nowhere to sit and it's just i don't know but festivals are changing though right there's just like I mean, tree fort was in boise was great i do i think i like those festivals more where there's just a bunch of different venues that are set up and you just kind of like walk in between them as opposed to just like I'm in the middle of this field and might as well be in the middle of nowhere. There's a lot of music. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's that's yeah. pretty good. Okay, just a couple of more. Making eyes at you. <laughs> uh brat. Oh <laughs> nice. And my final one, Reggie, is decide. Can't say brat twice, I guess. <laughs> uh <laughs> Decide. Such a good one. Oh, thanks. I don't know. What's the word? I mean, really, I just think super chunk because it's such a super chunk ripoff. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> I, the way you perform that and the way that it is recorded feels so different, in my opinion. Like, uh, oh, yeah? The, yeah, the way you perform it is just like really intense, like just so fast, like punk rock, like, I don't know, driven style. But yeah, I, I like both. Both are good. What is the most memorable fan interaction you've ever had? <laughs> um, the last time we played in Oakland, this ginormous person asked if they could hug me and pick me up. And uh, I acquiesced. Yeah, I acquiesced. <laughs> I was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> Just lift, lifted me several feet off the ground. And I was like, wow. I felt, yeah, I felt like a child again. Was it when you were performing? No, it was afterwards. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Reggie, what is the criminally most underrated album of all time? What is the most criminally underrated album of all time? I mean, surely it's Party Traumatic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> no, it, it, yeah, I, you're right. It, it's rated just about right. <laughs> yeah. It, I even looked at the reviews today. I just uh, out of curiosity, I think it got an eight and a half out of 10 on Pitchfork. It's pretty good. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, you, want a, you want 10 out of 10. I mean, uh, no, no. Uh, maybe our debut EP did, but our, our full length famously got like a 3.3 no yeah or something like 3.4 and they didn't even write a review they just like showed like a picture of like two pugs and like a sad emoticon or something that's ridiculous that is so (laughs) absurd wow 
Yeah, wow. that's what happened. <laughs> All right. So that's the criminally most underrated album. No, I just I honestly can't think of any anything right now. Yeah. I'm so bad at that. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. Like flip through my Spotify or something. <laughs> What's your favorite lyric or verse you've ever written? Oh <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I don't know if it's my favorite, but like my sister and I just giggling so much when we were trying to figure out iffy and we just thought love causes so much pain and i have so much love to give was yeah just the the funniest shit we'd ever heard and which is embarrassing <laughs> we're cracking ourselves up nice if you could have any musician past or present cover a song of yours which musician would it be and what song would it be if i could have anyone cover any of our songs yeah uh, hmm. man i really thought you know i really was hoping that like someone like Drake would cover Alien off a of rookie something. <laughs> Just anyone. I feel like our songs are our songs potentials are limited by our performance, but and they really could do well if some top tier right. artists would just get have a go at it. I would have really liked to have seen um maybe like I really loved uh Natural Born Kisser on that album. Yeah. And I, re- I would have, I would have liked to have seen something with that. I don't know what, but mm. maybe, I'll, maybe I'll think about it. I could see like Tokyo mm. Police Club covering one of your songs. I feel like that would have oh. been fun. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Name yeah. a band or artist that you believe is the best live show you've ever seen. The best live show. Oh wow! Besides Blunt Bangs. Besides the Bangs, I saw. Man, I, I feel like this was. It was more just like an amazing night of music. The last pop fest we had here in Athens. It was like um, ESG and Pylon Reenactment Society, which is just like the lead singer of Pylon with a different band and the mummies i yeah. think that was all in one night and it was just like i don't know it was so rad also i was on edibles so <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> <laughs> sure that <Well>. helped <laughs> <laughs> who are some of the more underrated musicians that everyone should look up right now yeah there's this filipino group called megumi Accorda. that's the artist and but she has a band backing her up and it's just like really on point sad girl dream pop really and she just has like an ep but every song is just perfect (laughs) love that yeah yeah the the name one more time reggie it's her name so her first name is megumi m-e-g-u-m-i and then i think it's like accorda a-c-o-r-d-a yeah, and that was just like my that was like my lockdown music was just I'd go for a walk listening to her EP, sit in the house <laughs> and listen to the EP. <laughs> yeah, but she, I mean, yeah, she's totally obscure. Check her out. Cool. Do you remember your first live performance with the Bangs and what that was like? Oh wow! Yeah, I think it was just like a, an impromptu. I think. There was like a horrible typhoon in the Philippines and there was going to be like a benefit concert. And um, I just kind of got a group together real quick. And I think that was the first time we did any of what would become Blunt Bang songs. And yeah, I don't remember who drummed or who, I think Owen played bass. Oh, wow. Yeah. So yeah. So that, yeah, there was a little bit of crossover, Black Kids Blunt Bangs crossover. 
but yeah, that was kind of that was an okay show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We hadn't really figured it out yet. What is the most unique place you've ever performed? Could be like I don't know, boat, helicopter, laundromat. Pretty sure we played a laundromat before. I think you know we did one of those huge English festivals like Reading or Leeds yeah. or something. Yeah, and. <laughs> they had built like this huge like scaffolding that was just like several stories high where they would like have like they were like te- i don't know having interviews and televising and then they would like cut to a band performing and so we're like going up these <laughs> makeshift stairs yeah. and like brandon brandon flowers is on his way down and we're passing mm. him <laughs> on our way up and then we're just you know it's just windy and cold and we're so high up and it doesn't feel super safe and like you know jack white's watching us and i'm just like all right let's do the thing (laughs) (laughs) yeah but i don't know i think like no i used to play in a ska band um (laughs) wow and i think yeah i think we played like at like some boys home ranch or something one time and we got paid in like vending machine snacks and (laughs) yeah cokes yeah so there's definitely been some weird things like that i'm sure like playing like the english festival then i'm i'm pretty sure you guys played late night with david letterman your parents or your family must be pretty proud that must have been a really exciting time for them (sighs) yeah <laughs> yeah, I, I bet it was. I was probably just such a relief to them because I don't know they weren't super supportive in the beginning because it's just not practical. Yeah, and I and I did start like pretty late. I don't know. I think I was eighteen when I started singing in a band, and you know, I I did not have any like natural aptitude. I was just like <laughs> making a whimsical decision. <laughs> to be a musician when I didn't know anything. And so I think it, yeah, it must've been a relief to them that something came of it. Yeah. Do you have a music or, you know, I'll take even a life, whatever we could take life, music, life, whatever you have hot take, just a hot take in general. What's a What's a hot take that you got Reggie? A hot take. Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh God. I don't, you know, people are just gonna can't do oysters. (laughs) okay everyone loves them just and i'm cook. just yeah. yeah do you like oysters i'm vegetarian okay well yeah <laughs> <laughs> consider yeah. yourself lucky yeah People i'm lucky love them <laughs> the lucky guy over here. <laughs> i can't i can't do it yeah fair enough <laughs> nice and my final question reggie is who should i have on my show next uh who should you have on your show net man <laughs> you should have my homie his name is hunter pinkston and he's like in this psychedelic country group here in town called um the pink stones and uh they've just they've been blowing up lately and he's just a character <laughs> all right i'm i'm all about that i i will definitely check them out and just the idea of psych and country going together sounds really fun Thank you so much for uh, making my 18-year-old to 32-year-old present time dream come true. (laughs) Uh, Thanks, James. Yeah. Thanks, James. Thanks for having me.